0: Well, I am so grateful to be a part of this Monday Thursday evening with, evening with you as we continue on this journey through Holy Week. Excuse me, Passion Week. I also want to welcome all of you who are watching online. So great to have you from afar. And I want to say thank you to all of you as a congregation. I want to say thank you for bringing me in an aspiring pastor like myself. To you, I say thank you. As Scott mentioned, I've been spending the majority of my time working with the Family Life Department, specifically with those middle schoolers, and they're pretty great. Never a dull moment with that group, they always keep everything exciting. And one of my favorite things with these kids is as they try to capture the moment, with whatever it is in front of them, they end up using some of the most extreme words to describe some of the most ordinary things. And my favorite example of this is with the word amazing. Hang out with the middle schooler and you are going to quickly find out that just about everything is amazing. And this isn't just some middle schooler schooler thing, I do this all the time, some of you probably do this too. And so it's not so out of the ordinary to be eating pizza with a bunch of middle schoolers, sitting on a Wednesday night and hear us say to one another, oh my gosh, this pizza is amazing. (laughs) And you know what, maybe it was. But I say all that because there are some words out there, words like amazing, that are used so often in so many different ways that just how amazing is amazing. I mean, if my pizza is amazing, how are we ever gonna find a way to describe the way the sun rises over the cascades? Or the feeling you had when you saw your son or daughter take their first few steps? Well, thankfully, we've got a solution to this one. We've got a solution for those most special moments life has to offer. And when those come our way, we like to describe them as super amazing. (laughs) But it sure seems like out of all the words out there, Out of all the words out there that have lost their meaning along the way from being overly used or misused, it sure feels like love is way up there. It's got to be near the top of the list. I mean, from I love you, to I love pizza, to I love the Seahawks, to I love Jesus, to I love this amazing pizza, it sure feels like we've found a way to use love for just about anything. And tonight, this night that has gathered us all together, this Monday, Thursday night is all about love. As we continue on this journey through Passion Week, it's tonight, some 2,000 years ago, on Jesus' final evening with his disciples. He just can't stop talking about love. Love is the central theme of this Thursday night. And what's beautiful about this night is that Jesus doesn't just talk about love as some abstract, elusive concept. He doesn't just casually go through the night telling everyone, I love you, man. No, it's on this final night, Jesus leaves his people with tangible visuals, ways to understand, to take in his love, to receive it, to draw from it. I mean, tonight in so many ways is an evening of show and tell on love. On this night, Jesus tells us about love. He talks at great length about the Father's love for him, his love for the Father, his love for his people. And he also tells us, he gives us a love command the one Scott just read. And for those of you, for this is your first Monday Thursday, I want to let you know you're in good company because this is Monday Thursday number two for me. <laughs> in all of my years as a Christian, this is only number two, but just to reassure you, just to get y'all on the same page, Monday simply means commandment. This is Commandment Thursday. And the command that Jesus tells us is this. It's from John 13, 34 through 35. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus on this night has talked about how it's almost time, it's almost that time to leave his disciples and return and be with the Father. But there's also this promise that he's one day going to come again. So what in the world are these disciples supposed to do in the meantime? I mean, how are we supposed to live until Jesus comes again? Well, as Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. But what makes this command so powerful on this night is that Jesus has said, as I have loved you. Jesus on this night has not only told us about love, he's shown it as well. He shows us love we can reflect, love we can draw from, love we can share with one another. He tells us to love like Jesus. A task that will never get perfect, a tall task indeed, but what does it look like on this final night that Jesus spends with his disciples? What does it look like to love like Jesus? Well, Jesus shows his love in two ways. Two ways in which Jesus shows his love for us until he comes again. Two moments of learning what it looks like to love like Jesus until he comes again. And it was on this night, on this night, that he washed the disciples' feet. Just in case we were to miss the moment, John, in his gospel, starts it this way. He says, having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. And so here's Jesus, taking off his outer clothing, stooping down low, the man whom John the Baptist once said the thongs of whose sandals I'm unworthy to untie is now washing their feet. And those feet, let's be honest, those must have been some pretty awful feet. I mean, I'm horrified by my own feet after a week of backpacking. And you can only imagine, after all those months of walking, after all those dirt roads, day after day after day of following Jesus, town after town after town, those must have been some pretty special feet. I mean, you don't have to imagine that, but it's too late now. (laughs) But as Jesus kneels there washing the disciples' feet, it has to be communicating a powerful statement to the disciples and for us as well. I mean, think about all the teams you've been on throughout your life. I mean, one of the most powerful dynamics any team can have is when its leader, its best player, also happens to be the one who is most willing and ready to serve, because when you've got that dynamic, you've got something special. And when your leader leads like that, it communicates, hey, if I can do this, you can too. And that's what Jesus says. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. And so loving like Jesus means washing people's feet, those simple, practical acts that are sometimes a little gross, but just like taking care of your son and daughter when they're home sick with the flu, you got Kleenex and Dimetap everywhere, or doing dishes for a roommate who never does, the smell unbearable, or trying to clean up a yellow school bus after a middle school event. (laughs) I mean, loving like Jesus means washing people's feet, loving through those simple, practical acts that are sometimes a little uncomfortable, I remember going on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic in college, and we'd go to these villages. There'd be kids everywhere, naked, dirty, and they'd want us to pick them up. I mean, we didn't even know them, but they'd want us to pick them up, and I I, I didn't want to do that. No way. Let's go play baseball or something. But someone else picked up a kid, and then I looked like the bad guy, and I just remember that first time I picked up that kid, watching his smile match my smile, and it it was game over. I made that same trip a couple more times. And we've got watching people's feet moments all around us, we just gotta find them. And so that's the first way, the first way on this night, the first example of loving like Jesus until he comes again. But the second, the second is far, far greater than the love that it points us towards. And that is through the giving of the Lord's Supper which Jesus gives on this night for the very first time. And the disciples did not, did not see this one coming. I mean, for all they knew, they were getting ready for another Passover feast, a meal they would have year after year after year, a meal that the Jewish people would have each year, commemorating a key moment in their history, their liberation from Egypt, the night where God struck down and killed the firstborn son from every family. Except, except for those families who had a sacrificial lamb standing in their place. And so except for those families who had a sacrificial lamb standing in their place, they would wipe the blood on the doorposts. It was their substitute standing in their place, this sacrificial lamb. God would then pass over them and have mercy on them and so here we are it's Passover night you've got some bread you've got some wine you have got the other traditional Passover items but as I imagine the disciples Jesus standing there there's likely something missing as they're sitting at that table eating this Passover feast there's likely no lamb There's likely no lamb on that night on the table. Scripture makes no mention that there'd be a lamb on that table. So you've got to imagine these disciples, they're huddled around, they're eating this Passover feast. You've got to imagine they're a little thrown off, a little confused. You got some young kids, some teenagers sprinkled in amongst them, and I just imagine, I just imagine one of them in this confused state looking at one another and saying, psst, hey, guys, 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 where's the lamb? I mean, where's the lamb that we always have on this Passover night? I mean, where's the lamb that we always have on this Passover night? The lamb that stood in our forefathers' place that commemorated their liberation from Egypt. I mean, Jesus, how could we forget the lamb? That's the most important part of the meal. And then I imagine Jesus. Everything has been pointing to the Lamb of God sitting at the table. And there's Jesus, he's the Lamb of God himself sitting at the table. And I just imagine he's sitting there. He sees the meal, he looks at the disciples, and then Jesus totally flips the script. He changes the game and makes a stunning, radical announcement. And so Jesus, On this night, took the bread and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus' blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. I mean as we look back on this moment do we see what jesus is saying do we see what jesus is saying what the disciples still did not yet know i mean in this this moment jesus is saying i'm going to be the sacrifice the true lamb god's firstborn son going to take your place body and blood broken and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins your sins passed over once now and forevermore I mean, just hold that for a second. Just hold that for a second. I mean, how would you even begin, as we look at this moment right now, how would you even begin to put words to what you have seen and heard? I mean, how would you even begin to describe what you have witnessed? I mean, has there ever been, has there ever been a better time to talk about amazing love? Well, Jesus says on this night, love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. The greatest love is always costly love. It sacrifices for one another. It dies to itself, and it gives up its freedom. It lays down its life so that others may fully live. And on this night, we've seen love that is simple, practical, gross, uncomfortable, it's costly, sacrificial. I mean, love is day after day of washing people's feet that adds up to a life of costly sacrifice. Love is day after day of washing people's feet that adds up to a life of costly sacrifice. A shorter way to describe this is parenting, right? (laughs) Amen, amen? I've only been on this side of it, but I am amazed. I'm always amazed by the love of a parent. And the love of a parent, I'm in awe by it. I mean, these people sacrifice everything. They lay it all on the line, and they still like us at the end of the day, even with the possibility that we may not like them in return. The love of a parent whether it's through adoption, foster care, the love of a single parent. The love of a parent is amazing. Part of my story is my father died many years ago and uh, my brother and I were pretty young and um, it was beautiful to see the way our community and our family stepped in, our neighbors, our church, the surrounding community stepped in, filling the gaps. Meal after meal getting us to every practice, every sports game. Men who stepped in and filled the gaps. People who hung out the middle school version of me. It was beautiful. And for them, I'm forever grateful. My mom, I've, I've kind of run out of adjectives for her. Wonder Woman, Superwoman, both, both will work. She has been the greatest example of what love looks like in my life. I mean, she, day after day, laid it on the line so that we could truly live, so that we could truly live. I mean, in, in past years, people would ask my brother and I how we turned out the way we did, and I never really knew how to answer that question. It, it felt awkward, but then I came up with a perfect answer, and I just tell them, you should meet my mom sometime. You should meet my mom sometime. And then my mom would tell you, you should meet our neighbors, you should meet our community, you should meet our church sometime. I mean, at the end of the day, my life, I hope is a reflection, and bears witness to a mom, a community, a church who loved me and gave themselves up for me. And for us as followers to Jesus here tonight, our lives should be a reflection and bear witness to Jesus, God himself, who loved us and gave himself up for us. And our lives should point to Jesus, who told us to love like him, a life that is honoring to him, loving like Jesus, until that one day, he comes again. And what's beautiful is that on this night, Jesus gives us a way to feast on his love, a way to take it in, draw it closely upon our hearts, so that we may leave these doors and truly love one another out of the love that Jesus has first shown us. Let me change one of our verses just a tiny bit. By this, all men, all people, the city of Bellevue, across all the east side, will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. May we love like Jesus until that one day that one day he comes again. Please pray with me. Jesus, we thank you for this final night that you've spent with us. Jesus, you loved us. Your love is indescribable. Jesus, you tell us to love like you An incredible task. Jesus, we pray that from your love, we would be able to love others until that one day you come again. Amen.